Hello and welcome to episode 53 of When Life Gives You Lemons, Go Vegan. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and in this podcast, I share people's incredible stories of recovery after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. I have been so, so, so grateful to every guest who's come on this show and opened up and shared their story from diagnosis all the way to, you know, recovery and feeling so wonderful after they've transitioned to this diet and made a commitment to their own health and to adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. Each week, you know, every guest that comes on the show, as you as you know if you listen to this show, I get so excited and, and it, it renews my own passion and commitment to this way of eating for my own health and as the years gone on, I actually find myself feeling healthier and happier and physically stronger than I think I ever have before just because, you know, I take on the new tips. I do, I do, you know, I take on the things that my guests find helpful for myself to try out. And, and, I, and I'm just so grateful to everyone who's come on the show and, and helped to educate me <laughs> on my own health journey. So thank you, everyone, who shared your tips and stories. If you haven't listened to this is your first episode, go back because the tips and the things that people have used to help, you know, to help themselves through eating out, their issues with socializing, their things people have found helpful to their own healing journey, you know, it's, it's helpful for, for yours, I'm sure. And it's definitely been helpful to mine. Before we begin, I just wanted to say, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, I put out new episodes every Sunday slash Monday. Actually, I'm changing that to every Monday slash Tuesday from now on. I was going to mention that, but I didn't because Sunday I'm with the kids. And it's just too difficult <laughs> because my kids are everywhere and they don't like me being on my computer. So I'm doing it Monday slash Tuesday because then they're at school and it's easy for me and that's my working day anyway. So it's going to be a day late from now on, which is why it was a day late last week. F. Yeah, for episode 52. So yeah, it's going to be Monday slash Tuesday because it's just better with my kids. That's how it's going to be. So every week a new episode comes out on Monday slash Tuesday. So please subscribe and share this with your family and friends. Please, you know, if you can take the time to leave a kind review over at iTunes. It helps this podcast to reach more of the people who might need it, living with chronic disease, people who are struggling with yo-yo dieting, food addiction, all those kinds of things. These these episodes have so many great guests that have healed all kinds of chronic diseases and who have recovered from food addiction as well and lost weight sustainably and permanently, which is a miracle because if you've listened to any of these episodes, you will know that only 2% of people who go on a diet manage to maintain that weight loss, any weight loss at all. So 2%. So the guests on the show who have done it and have managed to keep it off are that 2%. So listening to their stories can be really helpful if you're carrying excess weight or you're overweight and it's been an issue for you for a while. Myself and many of the guests on this show carried excess weight for a, a large portion of our lives. And so if that is a struggle for you, I highly recommend going back and listening to, you know, Andrew Taylor's episode. Uh, there's been so many. Um, Chef AJ's episode. Oh, my brain is having a blank. But go back and you'll find them. They're all there. Oh, um, yes, they're all there. Please leave a kind rating and a review. Uh, like a five-star rating and a kind review. And that would be really, really helpful. 
And this week I was so excited to share with you a wonderful recovery story from Pascal Semeli. She had rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis. So she had been diagnosed for nine years when she adopted a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. And she was obviously struggling with (laughs) the chronic pain, the cocktail of medications, all of those things for so many years, trying to manage the pain from rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis. And now... You'll be surprised, but she feels amazing. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much, Pascal, for coming on the show. I loved meeting you and speaking to you and hearing your story. I hope you all enjoy listening to Pascal. If you know anyone who is living with rheumatoid arthritis or osteoarthritis, please share this episode on social media or in Messenger to them because you might change their life. Pascal's feeling so much better. And we also have Amanda Fisher's story about rheumatoid arthritis as well in the podcast. If you want to go back, check back through. I She's under 10. I'm pretty sure she was in the first 10 of the episodes, but I'm not recording it in front of, with it in front of me. So yeah, please check it out. If you want to hear a great Another great rheumatoid arthritis story. Amanda's is one, definitely one well worth a listen. Um, yeah, so please enjoy the show. Hello, Pascal. How are you? Hello, Corinne. I'm so well. I'm happy to see you. Oh, me too. I'm so excited to have you on the show. We've had one story on the show about rheumatoid arthritis, Amanda Fisher's wonderful story. And I was... I'm so excited to have another one because I know so many people who are living in pain with rheumatoid arthritis. So I can't wait to hear your story today. Yes, thank you. Well, I'm very happy to share my story because it's been um, an interesting one. Yeah. So start at the start. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was about 46, I guess. So that's about 11 years, no, nine years ago. And I also had uh, osteoarthritis, which, you know, it's just wear and tear. The joints are getting very squashed. So when I was 50, four years ago, I had a hip replacement, a full hip replacement, but that wasn't because of rheumatoid arthritis. It was because of osteoarthritis. So because of the hip, I was, um, I had to go and see a rheumatologist who did some blood tests just to rule out that I didn't have rheumatoid arthritis. And the test came back positive. And he said, oh, shit, you've got rheumatoid arthritis as well. So that's how we discovered that I had rheumatoid arthritis. So he started the drugs for me. So I was on steroids for a few months. And then he gave me Plaquenil, which is an anti-malaria drug. And you take one tablet every day for the rest of your life. And on sulfasalazine, which is a sulfur-based um, uh, medication. And so he thought, oh, it's all stable now. I just take the drugs for the rest of my life. And I did for a few years. And um, one side effect of the sulfasalazine was I had terrible cramps, cramps that were more painful than childbirth, cramps that you end up on the floor in a pool of sweat, crying, crying in pain, because it's it catches your legs. And it's just horrible. 
So on one of the appointments, I asked him, well, I get those cramps. They're, they're horrible. Is it a side effect to the drugs? And he said, oh, yeah, it's often the case for sulfasalazine. Hello. Thank you. I had no idea. So that's when I started thinking taking the drugs for the rest of my life is probably not a good idea. But I didn't know what to do. So I just went on taking the drugs and I still had pain. Sometimes pain would flare up and I would be on opiates, I would be on anti-inflammatories as well as the drugs that he was giving me anyway. So I had a cocktail of drugs every day. But I thought I was healthy because I was a vegetarian all my life and I don't eat meat, but I love cake and I love butter and I love dairy. So I didn't think much of, I didn't think my diet was bad. And then Easter last year, so about a year and a half ago, I decided it was time for me to lose weight. And on Facebook, I found a group called WSLF, whole starch, whole, whole starch, low fat, WSLF. It's a group in America and they're based on the McDougal diet, which is plant-based, low fat. And it's a very hipster, young group full of young people. They do challenges to lose weight and they put photos on themselves. And so I find that very motivating. Not that I put photos of myself. <laughs> I thought, I'm going to give it a go. So I decided they're just minor changes, just no dairy, just no fat, just no oil, no eggs. And but, you know, for me, cutting out the meat wasn't a big deal because I didn't eat meat anyway. So I start I did that. And within two days, I felt slimmer already. It's like something right inside my body was already feeling better. But the biggest change was after about 10 days of this diet, feeling amazing, I noticed that I had absolutely no more pain and I wasn't taking my anti-inflammatories and my uh, opiates because I was taking those kind of daily. So that was 10 days later you weren't in pain. Wow. 10 days, I, I kid you not. And my, my husband is actually a GP trained doctor. Wow. But he doesn't know much about nutrition because no doctor has been educated in nutrition. So... And I asked him, I said, look, I've got no pain. Do you think I should stop the drugs? And he was very non-committal and he said, that's something you should discuss with your rheumatologist. <laughs> so I thought it wouldn't be a good idea to just quit all the drugs at once. So I started taking less of it, just a bit less. And I waited for my next appointment with the rheumatologist and I then very politely said, look, I've done just a few changes in my diet and I have no more pain. Do you think we could consider stopping the drugs? And he said, yes, but we can't stop them immediately. We'll just phase them out, especially, he told me the Plaquenil, the anti-malaria drug, I could stop immediately, but the sulfur-based drug, I had to wean myself off that. So basically within three months, I was off drugs. And I was feeling amazing. And I had lost 15 kilos. What? Eating anything I wanted and as much as I wanted. Well, anything I wanted except all the things that are not whole food plant-based. So I kind of relearned to, to cook. And I 
realized that my taste buds were adapting to very pure food, you know. I never imagined that I would become addicted to broccoli. I am addicted to broccoli now. I love my steamed brocks, you know. Mm. Yeah, they're so good. I love them too. I get cravings for salad with just lemon juice and salt and pepper. So I haven't stopped the salt because I love salt, but I have good quality salt. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I look at all the food people eat and I just wonder how can they eat that? It looks disgusting to me. Mm, I know, me too. In a nutshell, that's my story. Ten, Ten days of change of diet and no more pain. That's amazing. So can you go back a little bit and talk about how long were you in pain for? So before, like what were you? Before, ah, since I was diagnosed. So yeah. it, it would have been six or seven years of pain and probably six years of taking medication every day. Wow. First thing in the morning, take your pills. Last thing before bed, take your pills. And, and it was, you were still living in pain during those six years? I was. I was still, I was just kind of managing. I was never absolutely pain-free. Having osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis, you never know whether the pain is the, the osteo or the rheumatoid. But when you have flares, absolute flares where your joint, your joints become red and inflamed and you can't move your shoulder, you can't move your wrists, that is rheumatoid. That's not osteo. And I realized that the flares were always following something I did. I had no idea what. So when I changed my diet, I I really became aware that there were certain foods that triggered the pain. I remember the one time, just after I started on the whole food plant-based diet, I baked this beautiful tart for my husband and my daughter. It was puff pastry with a custard with rhubarb, and it looked amazing. Mm. And I had a slice. Yeah. You know, I baked it for goodness sake. I yeah. know what's in there. Yeah. And within six hours, I could move. Oh so I don't God. know whether it was the cream, the puff pastry, the butter or the rhubarb. But it was <laughs> all, all of the forbidden food was there. Yeah. <laughs> so I really realized that if, if I have um, pain and I stop eating, the pain will actually go away. So it is something I eat. It's not something I breed. It's not something I, you know, it's related to my guts. It's related to food. It's it's so fascinating that people still don't put two and two together. You know, we, we, we understand we put diesel in our cars, it's not going to work as well. You know, everyone knows that. You know, we understand if you feed your dog, your, your cat, marshmallow diet is probably not going to be very healthy but exactly. we, we completely don't understand if we, if we put if we put dog food in the fish tank instead of fish food we'd be like <laughs> i yes. understand why the fish is dead <laughs> yes. but, yes. but for humans we think oh no we can put whatever in us it's fine yes, yes. <laughs> you know and i tried to go i was thinking in the beginning before I went on the whole food plant-based diet, I thought maybe it might be alcohol because I drink a bit of wine sometimes. Not, you know, too much. But So I thought, okay, no more wine for months. Let's see. No difference. No difference whatsoever. But I think probably one of the worst foods for me would be the dairy. And 
fatty foods. So I've got a bit of a theory thinking probably I've got a leaky gut. So my gut is not sealed properly. It's got tiny gaps. And if I eat very rich food, such as cheese or cream or oil or butter, then those partially digested fat particles will actually leak through the gut and end up in my bloodstream and my immune reaction, because my immune system is amazing, it's working really well, it will just go and zap all those things that shouldn't be there that leak through the gut. And while it's zapping everything, it goes on zapping itself. It zaps, you know, all the tissues in my joints. It will choose one joint and it will change. Sometimes it will be the, the, the shoulder or the elbow or the wrists or the fingers. Yeah, so that's my theory. I have no idea whether it's correct, but it works <laughs> for me in my head. <laughs> no, well, I think that the, the, you know, I think many people who are listening to this show or who are in this way of eating are aware that the microbiome, our, our gut microbiome, how, is, is responsible for, a, I think, the function of 70 to 80% of our our immune system so I th- is housed in our gut. So um, it makes sense if your gut's b- damaged and leaking that that probably is, you know, for playing a role in your rheumatoid arthritis. So I did a lot of Google research yes. on all of that. <laughs> yeah. And I found some amazing sites and amazing doctors out there, you know, the McDougall program, the Paddison program for rheumatoid arthritis. I looked into that, so I kind of jumped straight into the the end phase. So the Paddison program has a phase of detoxification and reintroducing food very slowly. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, my God, that is really, really, really full on. But I kind of just jumped straight to the end of not eating all the bad foods, but I didn't do the whole detoxing because I didn't feel I needed to, because I had the results I wanted already. But probably because I didn't do the reintroduction of food, I'm still sometimes not sure if there are some foods that will trigger off pain, because from time to time, even though I'm on this diet, I will get some little joints that just get a bit painful, and I think I must have eaten something, and I still don't know whether it's sultanas or almond milk or you, I, I don't know what it's they, a long process I say I'm 85% better I'm not a hundred percent I'm 85 to 90% better but that's better than before yes that's so much amazing you yes know? because when I go and, and visit my my sisters in Switzerland they've got rheumatoid arthritis like me my, one of my sister has lupus which is related to rheumatoid arthritis. It's similar thing. And I tell them about maybe change your diet for a month and see if you feel better. They won't do it. They just won't do it. And they look at me and they say, yeah, but you're not 100% better. And I say, no, but I'm 90% better. That's amazing. And I'm off drugs. Yes. I think that is amazing. That is amazing. I don't want to lie. I'm not 100% better, but only 90, which, you know, 
to me is already a big achievement. That is, it really is. And I think that it, it takes time. Like you said, when we've been doing the damage to our bodies for years yeah. and years and years and years and years, like you can get 90% better. Like for me, it took, it took a long time and I'm still still he healing and moving you know i haven't had a relapse for 10 years from multiple sclerosis or a symptom but but it's there's other stuff that is healing along with that you know getting my my weight down to because that was a that was kind of the next the next thing and that's still yes. a work in progress and getting other parts of me that are <laughs> that are broken my jaw and things like that and I think it just yes. takes it just takes time. my gut health still I'm still working on that because like you it's figuring out I've damaged my gut so bad and my microbiome so bad yes. previously that I'm still figuring out what foods make me bloated some things make me not feel too good digestively exactly still and I know that that's that I've been working with um, the lovely Natalie Woodman, the gut engineer, and she has been really helpful. She was on this show, and you can check her out at nataliewoodman.com. Okay, I just write that down. <laughs> yeah, just figuring out, working with her and figuring out how to start again, making my yeah. gut healthy. It was a big, steep, steep learning curve for me. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. And... You know, sometimes you feel that the way you're cooking and you have a husband and a daughter who are vegetarians but they're not vegan and you just, you know, you just force everybody to eat that food. Yes. But it's fine, you know, it's great. <laughs> sometimes I, I love cooking curries but I don't use any oil, of course, and I, I make those meals and then sometimes we've got people dropping in for dinner and at the end of the meal, I say, well, did you notice there was not a drop of oil in that food? And they were like, no, didn't notice it. See, and that's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think that, like you say, it, it's education, it, educating people that food can taste delicious. Yeah. And not have animal products or oil in it. Oh, and you know, when, when, when you go to a cafe, if you go to a cafe and you order a meal and all you can smell is the oil... And it's just disgusting. I, it's like I can't stand it anymore. I, I went out the other day and I went for my son was celebrating getting a karate belt that he that his first. Wow. It was just a belt, but it was very exciting for him. And so we went out for lunch because he likes dumplings, vegetarian dumplings, vegan dumplings. Yes. But they, they cook with oil and I ordered this. I wanted to try this potato dish because I was like, wow, potatoes. Yes. I've never seen a potato dish at a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> it was potato and chili is all it said. And I thought, sure. And she tried to turn me off it. She said, oh, Westerners don't tend to eat this. <laughs> but I said, oh, let me just have a try. But it came out and I, I didn't talk about the oil because I just didn't even think but, about but it. But it had yeah. a lot of oil and I could, on my tongue, in the oh. meal, I could smell it. Yeah. And I felt gross. Like it was just, the taste was good though. So I think I'm going to make it. It's just like grated potato yes. with some Sichuan chili. Yes. And I don't know what else. Maybe pepper, pepper, Sichuan chili, garlic, ginger. Yeah. Lemongrass. I mean, not lemongrass, spring onions. It was just yes. fresh and simple. But the, I liked the Sichuan chili and I haven't really had 
it like that ever before. So I'm now I'm excited to grate myself up some potato with these ginger and I never done that really. I don't know why. You know, except I, I, saw chili. This, I saw this amazing recipe from um, Els Elstein, Elstestein, Doctor Elstestein. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the mom and the daughter. Oh, Anne and Anne and Mary Esselstyn. Yes, yes. And they I do love this their thing cooking with, class. With grated potato, and they put it in the sandwich press. Yes, yes. I made that for my son. It's so Would simple. Be amazing. Yeah, but you could put those flavors in and make like some Chinese tasting. Exactly. Yum. So yeah, even though I had too much oil. I thought it was delicious that the flavors aside from the oil, and so now I'm thinking about making it again with without the oil. Without the oil, and that's a good thing to teach people that you know find the thing you like and then just yes. take the oil out. <laughs> like most things, yeah, you can do that pretty effortlessly. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because when when I have this discussion about the oil, and you know, people, even some good friends of mine who are completely into nutrition and health, and they go, yeah, but olive oil is really healthy for you. So I tell them, well, look, when you have a oil and grease and you do the washing up, do you know how much soap you need to clean up the oil to wash off the oil of your dishes? Well, it's the same in your arteries. Mm -hmm. But with our arteries, we can't actually just swallow some dishwashing liquid to clean them up. So that oil stays there. It crystallizes like in a grease trap. It stays in your arteries and then you have all the medical problems and they go, oh, yeah. So because they've got this visual thing about the grease trap and all that yucky grease being there. And I go, well, it's the same in our body. You don't want that stuff in there. So they go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it, it does. And I remember going to the Nutrition in Medicine Symposium last year. Um, Dr. Michael Clapper was speaking at in Melbourne. And he had that – I think I talked about this last week, so you've just brought it into my mind again. But he had this visual of vials of blood. And so one vial after they've eaten a normal, regular oil-fat meal was all cloudy and it said, he said, you know, it takes four hours for that cloud, for it to clear up and become clear again. But in Ugh. four hours, we eat another, we eat lunch and we do it again. And then in yeah. four hours, we eat dinner yeah. and we do it again. Yeah. And he said, so it's never, it only has that little bit when you're asleep. And most people eating until 10.30 at night sometimes. So you really yes. have a small window when your blood gets, through. it takes four hours to clear up. And then we do it again over and over and over again. And so our blood's always like sludge always. kind of. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, that visual was really good for me though. I watched it and I thought, oh, yuck. And not that I hadn't eaten oil for a while then, but I was just, oh, it was helpful to be able to explain to people, this is what's happening in your inside your body when you eat this stuff. We wonder why we have Alzheimer's when that sludge is just flying around our brains. And Absolutely. why can't we think clearly? I've got mental fog and everyone's saying that every day. And you're thinking, well, it's the food. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know what, what, what I find frightening is that there's still a huge percentage of the population who believes carbs are bad and meat is okay. And, you know, my mom is in a really beautiful health, um, old people facility in Switzerland, and they get nutrition talks, and the old people are being told, eat more meat. Hello. 
you know, it makes me mad when I hear that. It's so wrong. Yes. I was listening to, I've got the book, but I was listening to the audio book today just for fun. <laughs> the, yes. star, the starch solution on my run this morning. Yes. And he was talking about the USDA and the, the, the politics of our nutrition information. And he was saying, yeah, he was saying that it used to be about the people, for the people, but now it's really just for corporate animal agriculture, corporate, like large scale corporations to make sure that they don't, they stay in business. So he's saying, you yes. know, yeah, yeah. It, and, and that's probably the same in Switzerland. I'm sure it's the same in Australia where they have to. To make sure they stay in business, exactly. They have to yeah. make sure that their recommendations that they're giving for people around diet is not t putting the farmers for uh, eggs, meat, you know, dairy yeah. out of yeah. business. Yeah. So it's a real shame because it's, it's a conflict of interest, our health or the, or or the, the back pockets of the, of the big corporations who yeah, need their... I know. I find yeah. it, one thing I was thinking today on my walk, and this is off topic for your story, but I was thinking, why is it that, like, you know, everyone hears about big pharma, big dairy, big meat, big egg. Why isn't there big fruit and vegetables? Why do I never hear about people? Because say, he was saying about how they don't recommend potatoes in the school cafeterias, um, but yes. they recommend dairy, cheese, eggs, meat, you know, eat all this stuff. And because, because they want to keep up, these corporations and these these industries and I was thinking why don't they care about keeping up the potato industry <laughs> I know the whole vegetable industry why is there a huge big veg that's, that's that they're that they're worried about upsetting and putting them in bankruptcy and you know why aren't they I don't know if you have the answer to this but if anyone's listening can you please put a comment in why there isn't a big veg <laughs> Why is there only big farmer and big egg and big dairy and big meat? Yeah, I know. I agree. So it's funny, you know, after about a year of this um, new diet and being um, of the medicine, so I see my rheumatologist every six months and we just do the blood test just to look, to look at the inflammation markers. And six months ago I had my appointment with him. And he said, yep, all the blood tests are really good. Inflammation is very, very low. It's really in the, in the norm. Um, it's good. Whatever it is you're doing, keep doing it. He said that to me. Yes. He actually said it. And I, was, I had a smile from ear to ear and I said, thank you. And then he said, what are you doing? He actually asked me, finally. Good. Good. That's me. so exciting. And I said, oh, I just, I just stopped eating a few things because I don't want to challenge him too much. I don't want him to become anti, you know, <laughs> vegans. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to be intrigued and to be on my side, not against me. So I have to be very polite and diplomatic. And I said to him, I just change a few things. There's just a few things I've stopped eating. And he said, oh, what, what have you stopped eating? And I started listing, no dairy, no meat, no oil, no butter, no eggs. And he looked at me with big eyes and said, what are you eating? And I was like, oh, it's a long list. I eat so many things, pulses and chickpeas and vegetables and potatoes and fruit and oats and 
just whole foods. There's so much out there I can eat. But they just see what you can't eat and they just go, that's too hard. The nurse, the nurse who does the blood tests for me, she's this um, lovely lady a bit older than me, I think. And she lamented the fact that she's now on Plaquenil and on all those drugs for rheumatoid arthritis. And I'm like, oh, and I've just got awful medicine because you should look into diet. And I gave her the name of the Paddison program. I told her to look up a few things on Google. And I just saw her last week because I had blood tests done last week. And she just said to me, yeah, I looked into it. It's way too hard. There's no way I'll change my diet. That's it. And I said, yeah, you know, that's your choice. I felt sad for her, but, you know. Oh, it is so sad because to us it feels so because <laughs> on the other side, it, it just feels so like, like a no-brainer. It feels like a no-brainer to me. Why would I want to feel sick and can't feel my legs? And <laughs> why would I want to be constipated and depressed and tired and exhausted and in pain all the time? When I can feel amazing and go for a run with the dog in the sunshine today and be out in the veggie patch early with my son and pushing him on the swing. I couldn't have done any of that before. You you would would you be in a wheelchair now? Probably. It's ten years. Ten years. That was ten, ten years? years ago, and I was just having relapse after relapse after relapse every six months. So I, I'm guessing that I would have just kept going. Because they said there's no cure. There's no and cure. That's for life, and yeah. it's the same with rheumatoid. Yeah. They say oh, there's no cure, and we don't know what causes it. End of story. Yeah. Just take the drugs. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, it's so good to see you looking. You can't see her, but I can. One day I've got one video <laughs> I'm going to start, but it's just just wait with me while I get myself ready to edit video as well as audio. <laughs> but you look so vibrant and healthy and well. Well, I, you know, that's, that's good for my ego. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, you know, people look at me and go, wow, you're 54. No way. Mm. And people just say to me, my God, you're so slim. And this is the biggest compliment for me because I've always been not slim. Mm. <laughs> you know? yes. And now it's like, yes. And I've started doing yoga and I've started doing Pilates. And I go like, I joined a gym, but I just go to the yoga and Pilates classes because I don't like the machines. <laughs> but I still move, you know, and I love my Pilates classes. And I come back home and I just feel wonderful. And were you exercising before, before this? No, because I, I was running my own business, oh, which, yeah. you know, it's like six days a week work and on your day off, you do all the book work and it was a killer. So I had no time. I used to do yoga when I was much younger. I lived in India and I did yoga, you know, next to the sacred river and all of those things and meditation. And then, you know, you come to Australia. <laughs> I'm from Switzerland originally, but I came to Australia and I have two kids and a house and then a business. No more time for yoga. But now I'm, I'm just reclaiming it all and it's, it's just wonderful. I think also what I had, I suffered from depression as well because it was all too much. The pain, the medicine, the business, everything. And you're just in survival mode. You go one day at a time and you just take the pills just to make you cope, just to make you reach that, that bed in the evening. And the next day you start again. And now I think I'm looking much more towards the future 
I know I can have another few decades of good health and I'm never sick, which is amazing. I'm never, you know, people suffer from flu and cold. Maybe I'm never sick because my my immune system is so good. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So how long has it been since since you made the switch? A year and a half. Easter last year, I stopped the dairy, the butter, the eggs, and I went from vegetarian who loves her cakes. Yes. I love my cakes. Me too. I went... Uh, to completely whole food plant-based and that means actually no bread as well so I'm gluten-free which is a real pain because I love bread but I'm trying to heal my guts and that's taking time I don't expect my guts will be healed in three months I think it will take a few years and you know from time to time I make a tiny exception and I'm, I'm fine but exceptions are only exceptions when they're exceptions, you know. You can't do an exception twice in a row because then it's not an exception anymore. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, an exception once a month of having a tiny bite of someone's cake. And it's amazing. And I love it. But, you know, I don't bake cakes anymore because I look at the, the vegan cakes and they're still incredibly rich often. They use nuts, and I know I have to be super careful with nuts. So, yes, it is a big change of diet, a big change in your shopping trolley, mm. <laughs> huge change. You just don't eat any, you don't buy any crap. You don't. You know, you just come out of the, of the shop, and it's full of amazingly beautiful-looking food. I love opening the fridge and just seeing all the rainbow colors of the produce, and I, 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 I like to get really excited by it. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. I, I, I open the fridge and I go, oh my God, all this broccoli and broccolini and, and you know, all these vegetables. And I get really like, oh my God, which one am I going to cook today? <laughs> <laughs> so, since, so how would you describe your life now, the difference between your life now and your life when you were, the six years that you were experiencing osteo and rheumatoid arthritis? What would a typical day be like? Well, look, because I don't work in my business anymore, I have much more time. So I actually have time to to breathe. I have time to go to a Pilates or a yoga class. I have time to, to plan food, you know. To I will take an hour or half an hour to cook a meal. I'm not pressed for, you know, quickly zapping up some food that, that I bought on the way. So it for me... That's a big change. The fact that I have time to to look after myself, but I'm also much more happy. Happy because my body is actually doing the right thing now. It's not sabotaging my life. You know, I felt completely sabotaged, but actually I was sabotaging my body, but I felt sabotaged by my body. So it's it's interesting, what I'm isn't it? Yeah, I think that's a really good way of looking at it, that your body's just telling you that you're sabotaging it. Yes. <laughs> and we yes. feel like our bodies are letting us down when we get disease and sickness, but our bodies are yes. just sending us signs saying, hello, stop hello, doing this doing... to me. <laughs> yeah. Stop giving dog food to the fish tank. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. So I feel much, 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 much more happy and healthy. 
and I can move, I can I can move without pain. And I, when I have a flare, I know exactly what to do. You know, I'll, I'll juice, I'll make a, a green juice, I'll drink a lot, but I'm not going to just go for the pills. And the pills have nasty side effects. That's the thing to be so careful. Yeah, you were saying about the cramps and the cramps that were leaving you on the floor. That sounded They were horrible. just the worst. Yeah, they were the worst. And the funny thing, when I asked the doctor about it, he just said, yeah, yeah, that's a known side effect. And I was like, hello, I had no idea. And that's normal. I can't go on like this with those cramps. Mm. It's it's funny because when I was diagnosed with MS and they told me the drug treatments well, at the time, so forgive me if you're listening and you've got MS now and you're saying that that's outdated because I haven't listened to it since 2008. But then it was these interferon injections every day that you would self-administer and and they like the common like just just gar- almost guaranteed side effects for them at the time was four hours of flu-like symptoms every day for the rest of your life, oh. and and on-site skin irritation. So you'd have to just move where you were injecting because you'd have these rashes for for, oh for for the rest of your life. And he was just saying, like, well, still it's a lot better than you know. Having a multiple, having a you know more frequent and severe multiple sclerosis relapse, which of course it, it is, but being whole food plant based to me is also no. Like I don't want four hours of flu like symptoms. Like, if I'm going to be a mum, which I was planning on having children, I see how yeah. am I going to cope with my kids if for four hours every day I'm wiped nah. with the flu and I have rashes all over me from these injections, which I imagine would be ugly and uncomfortable and itchy and irritated. And it's just not a nice way to live your life. Yeah. Well, I think what you're doing, doing those podcasts so that more people will know about it is amazing because that's what people lack. They, They lack the information because to actually get the information, you have to look for it. I didn't have any of this information until I started looking for it. It was not right there. Maybe it was, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. I didn't know. I didn't have a computer. (laughs) We didn't have smartphones when I was diagnosed. So I was just, I had one little, well, it was a two-page, I think, A4 sheet about the Swank diet, which was basically a whole food plant-based diet, but he had exceptions. So he had some chicken, I think after a year and some egg at some stage and seafood, I think. Um, But it was a low fat, mostly plant-based diet. Otherwise, and it was just these two sheets of paper and I was just like, I'm hinging everything on this. <laughs> Amazing. I know. We are actually so lucky to have so much information yeah. right, right at our fingertips. Yeah. It's there. You just have to look for it. I think it's a blessing and a curse, unfortunately, because some people just say, but there's information for Atkins and keto as well and there's information for this. And Pete Evans is saying you can heal everything eating tons of meat or grass-fed yes. beef and whatever. Yeah. So it's hard because there's so much, but there's so much that I think it's it's causing people to not act out of sheer overwhelm. Yes, I think that that's one thing that's a problem is that there's so much that people see it and they just go, "Oh my god, 
I don't know what to choose. Is it gluten-free? Is it this? Is it that? Is it keto? Is it paleo? Is it it's true. vegan? And so they just don't do anything and keep eating the yeah. way that they are. And I always just think just commit to the best one <laughs> and just try it. Don't try all of them and then say, well, nothing's changing because nothing's going to change yeah. if you eat paleo on Wednesday, <laughs> vegan on Thursday, keto on Friday, you're fa- intermittent fasting on Thursday. You know, people are doing this and they're saying, well, nothing's, none of them are working. And I'm like, well, you haven't committed to any of them. <laughs> I know, I know. So, you know, when when uh, I have friends or my family, my sisters, they have rheumatoid as, as well. And I tell them, just do it for one month. It's one month. 30 days, try it, for not for life, just try it for 30 days and assess how you feel. Or my, uh, I have got a good friend and she's very, very large. And I said to her, drop the oil. If you do only one change in your life, the ditch oil. the oil. Mm. Yeah. And you're going to lose weight. Whether you want it or not, you're going mm. to lose weight. <laughs> I don't know whether she's done it because she's not in Australia. But I say to her, just do it for one month and see. People don't realize the oil part and I enough, enough of how much it changes. Your weight yes. loss, how much it changes yeah. your health, how you feel. I know a yeah. lot of people who are whole food, plant-based or, or with olive oil, you know, or with olive, you know, the oils. And the difference is night and day, really, about how Absolutely. you feel with or without yeah. oil. I feel yeah. so much brighter and more vibrant and alive without uh, the oil. My husband, yeah. he was committed to oil. And yes. so he was whole food, plant-based, but with cooking with oil. And so we'd have to make different foods because he said, your food's going to taste bad because you haven't got oil and my food will taste amazing. That's what he was saying. Oh, in his, yes. He didn't say that, but that's what it meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he dropped it probably a year ago. And the weight just melted off him. <laughs> it just melted off him. I'm and now surprised. he's just, he just loves it because he's managed to find ways to cook that add, that you can take, makes food flavorful without oil because he loves food. Like we all love food. None of us yeah. want our food to taste terrible. Yeah, yeah. So you just adjust the way you cook. And now he's, that, that you know, he's just looking so good and feeling so confident and energized and fit yeah. and healthy. And it was just yeah. the oil that was keeping him yeah. with Fact. those last few kilos. Yeah. Keeping yeah. him overweight. And how how do you with nuts? Do you eat nuts and cashews and things? I don't eat very much. I avoid it like the plague because for me it makes – I have – I'm going – I've had issues with food addiction, and for me, those types of nuts, heavy saturated fat foods, nut butters, um, peanut butter, all those things have been a lifelong challenge for me in giving them up and on my weight loss journey. So I am really avoiding them now, and I have just a small amount once a week or something because I just, I find a pumpkin seeds and that I make milks out of them. So I still have nut milks, but I don't have, I might sprinkle a few pumpkin seeds or toasted pumpkin seeds on my oats but I have very minimal sometimes I have some tahini but but not much because I find that it's a slippery slope into me having to way too much peanut butter on a banana or peanut nut butters on a, yeah, yeah. some apple slices and I end up getting raising up the fat too much and I just yeah it just some um, I made the curry a few weeks ago and I wanted it creamy so I soaked some cashews in the fridge overnight and then I blitzed them in my you know magic bullet 
and it gave me this kind of cashew cream and I just added a bit of that in my curry and it was amazing. So it I was think not that that's fine, cream, you know. Yeah, delicious. I think every now and again having a plant, you know, having a soy yogurt, coconut yogurt or, you know, cashew cream is totally fine and it makes things delicious for your family and it's, you know, yeah, that's okay. So but if, you've, if you're trying to day. lose weight or if you've got like compulsive eating, food addiction issues, just try and avoid it a bit. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, I've got a friend, um, he will always have a, a, before dinner, he'll put the cheese out, the nuts and the biscuits, salty biscuits, savory crackers. And they will just go and eat cheese on savory crackers and fistfuls of nuts. And I used to join in when I was with him. And now I look at it and I go, put it away. I can't have any of this. This is, this is dangerous. I know. My parents, they have Savoys at their house. I don't know if you're listening, yes. you're not from Australia. We have these savory crackers yeah. called Savoys. And my kids, they... <laughs> They're addictive. They're crackers. (laughs) And my kids know when they go Nana and Paz that they're going to have these crackers and they they get super excited about their visit because they know they're going to have these trans fat salt. Salt, yeah, I know. I know. Just, I can't, I'm trying trying to find the word for them, but they are so addictive and my kids eat the whole, they can't think of any other food until the whole box is gone. Yeah. And they, they won't like eat that. their dinner. They won't, you know, they don't want to eat their dinner after it because they're like, well, we've had this crackers, crackers and nuts beforehand. We don't have cheese because they've got no vegan cheese there. But yeah, it's it's bad and it's hard as a parent because you're thinking, well, I've, we're whole food plant based at home. But when you get out and pass, it's that's this is what they have, <laughs> and my kids know, and it's very difficult to not let them have it. But yeah, so they eat a whole box. We have to we have to have infrequent visits to Nana and Pa's for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember with my kids when they were small and they would ask whether we could have, you know, fizzy drinks at home and I was monster mama. I said, No, they don't come inside our house. No Coke, no Sprite, no fizzy sweet drinks. We have soda water or water. But we don't have sweet, fizzy drinks. But you can have them on the plane when we go overseas. That was the one exception. (laughs) And I think that they're thanking me now. You know, it was just one of those rules. And I was making the rules with not having that in the house. And I think it was the best I could do for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Iggy does now. He's going to the Melbourne show today. Oh. So just a nightmare. His grandma's taking him for a grandma... (laughs) <laughs> grandma oh, grandson God. play date and yeah. and I said to them I have two things I want to talk to you about before you go and he goes I already know and I said what <laughs> and he goes junk and the animals <laughs> and I said seven and I said oh you're so right I am I don't want you to get a show back because <laughs> it's just full of junk that mother yeah. nature hates and that your body hates Yes. And plastic that's just going to go straight into the bin because the people who make it don't care about it lasting. They just want to make it cheap junk that's going to go straight into the bin. And yeah. I just talked about the animals in the sheds and just said, look, I don't want you to go. I really would like you to understand what, what happens. They're 
beautiful animals there, of course, but they're all going to go to the same place, the slaughterhouse. <laughs> I, I don't want you to walk in. And when you walk into the shed, you're saying, I think it's okay that you do this to the animals. And so if, if you can avoid the sheds with the animals, that would be great. <laughs> Wow, I know. You know, the the more the more I'm in, on this plant-based way of living, the more I'm actually becoming an animal rights activist. And because before, when I was a vegetarian, I thought it was okay to consume anything that comes from the live animal rather than just consume dead animals. And I have become aware of the horrible things that happen to the male chicks and to the cows, the calves being born for the dairy industry. And it absolutely breaks my heart or the way, I don't know, anything that's to do with, with animal exploitation, it just breaks my heart now. So I, I, I have mentioned this many times and I know that it's a bit out there, but I think that most people, because I wasn't vegan at all, when I went, I loved just like you, I just wanted to eat all the cake in the whole wide world before <laughs> yeah. I went whole food plant-based. I was obsessed. And now I look at it and I just think it's just sugar, oil and fat, you know, like it doesn't, True. I, it, it doesn't, I still, I still, don't get me wrong. I'm not a saint. I still look at it in some of them, vegan ones. Like if I see one that's vegan and it's I've made it. I think that's yes. this, this looks amazing still. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, I still know. don't feel as good when I eat even a, a oat, oat flour muffin. I still don't feel as good as when I eat potatoes or broccoli yes. or it's, exactly. it's, it's chalk and cheese. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, what I was going to say is that it's some kind of lightness that happens when you stop consuming. It is, and it, I don't know if it was, I don't know who it was. I was talking about when you're eating death and terrified animals, like you're eating things from animals that are suffering, you're drinking milk of a sad, enslaved woman whose baby's been murdered. Hello. The energy yeah. in the breast milk isn't going to be great, you know? The energy in uh. the cheese and in the ice cream and in the flesh that you're consuming when you're consuming something that's like a piece of fish that was suffocating on the deck of a boat, dying for its last breath, and this animal that was terrified as a bolt gun was being aimed at its head. Like, it's horrible and frightening, but that is in the food that we eat. That can't not uh, be. And so I, yes. I do feel, and my, the guests on the show all talk about, well, not all, but talk about they went vegan for their health and then they got this spiritual kind of a lightness this feeling of lightness and it makes you then feel a connection to everything in in a, in a bizarre magical way that also is yeah. sad because yeah. then so you start true. to think about the suffering and that makes you feel sad but I feel so much more like I'm sharing the planet rather than the planet's yes. just mine for the taking, yeah, if that makes absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it does make sense. You, you, you're saying exactly what I feel. It's amazing. It's so nice. You can't describe it until you feel that beautiful lightness. I know. I know. <laughs> like you're eating oh, love it, food. <laughs> I love food. I absolutely love food. You know, sometimes... I make my overnight oats and I'm totally addicted to them. I love it. <laughs> All I'm thinking about in this whole interview, no offense, is, is when I get off from having, I'm having overnight oats. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. 
sometimes I wake up in the morning and I remember I prepared my overnight oats and I'll get out of bed quicker yeah. because I'm so excited. <laughs> I love them so much. What do you put in your oats just for everyone's inspiration? Ah, well, I've just discovered the other day that if I mash a banana and I mix the oats with the mashed banana and my almond milk and I put a few sultanas and I put a bit of chia seeds and I put a bit of whatever seeds. Sometimes I have some sunflower seeds as well in there. Not yeah, many, just yeah. to give it a bit of Crunch something. Texture. I put uh, flax seeds. Flax seeds, they're good for my digestion. Because despite all the fiber, I need always more fiber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great for omega-3s as well. So the, the yeah, flax exactly. seeds are brilliant. Because I'm yeah. thinking if I have a very low-fat diet, I actually need some really good omega-3s. So I add a few flax seeds, sometimes a bit of pumpkin seed or sunflower seeds, chia, just whatever. And I put um, a bit of vanilla paste which is an organic vanilla paste, uh, and I put cinnamon. And, and sometimes some stewed apple as well. I love stewed apple. Yes. Yours sounds identical to mine. Sometimes I add hemp seeds to mine, but I mash banana yes. into it. I don't yes. blend it, but I just mash it in because it makes it so sweet without any sweetener. It's delicious. I know, I know. And blueberries just, and strawberries sometimes chopped up from, for Australia. <laughs> yeah yeah then i'll put any fresh fruit that i have with it Mm. yeah but they're great breakfast also if you're on the go if you have to go somewhere and i'm never very hungry in the morning so i'll just take a container with me and i can actually eat it wherever I know. It's so easy. I was telling Pascal before the show that I'm going to have surgery. Well, when you hear this, I'll have had surgery. But I was, I am going at the time of this recording on Tuesday um, because I, my jaw, it's my jaw problem, but they're, they're doing some surgery on my nose to open my airways a bit to help take the pressure off my jaw. So when you hear this, I'll have already had it and I'll be recovering, hopefully. <laughs> But I was saying about hospital food and I my, one of my tips for hospital food I thought I'd share with you is I'm only there for one day and a night. I'm going to pack big, big esky <laughs> of whole food plant life, banana, things that are soft, easy to eat after surgery. So I'm going to pack a thing of overnight oats already prepared that I'm going to just ask the staff to put in their staff fridge. I'm going to pack a tray of baked potatoes that are cooled down um, in a lunchbox that won't really need, I don't think they need for one 24 hours. Do you reckon they'd be fine? Yeah. 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 And um, just bananas, things like that that are soft, maybe some stewed fruit. Um, Just things that are easy to eat that are soft because I'm having it on my face. So I'm not sure I'm going to want to be chewing much um, in that time. But just trying to find things that are easy. If it's overnight surgery and you don't want to eat the hospital food and you don't have anyone that's going to be able to go and get to the cafeteria or to a place to get food for you just try and think in advance and prep and take your food with you you know even if it's if it's if i make it up if i might make some flat kind of muffiny cookie things that i make whatever there's things that you can do to prep and take with you if you're going for a short stay in hospital you don't have to eat the hospital food vegan food which isn't always if you see posts on the internet it always looks so sad and miserable and unhealthy so So that's my tip is to take some containers with your own food that you can just eat and 
put in ask the nurses to put in the staff fridge. And then obviously eat amazing and look after yourself afterwards because if you're having a general anaesthetic and all of the painkillers, your gut microbiome is going to be a bit sadder than normal afterwards. So lots of green juices, lots of beautiful whole plant foods to get you through and to help you heal your gut after the surgery. Before we hang up, I've been so, I think that your story is so helpful because I'm, you know, my mother has you know arthritis and aches and pains and so many women from 50 onwards have a living with, you know, lots of women prior to that as well. Amanda Fisher was in her 20s when she had it. And as people, you know, people talk about younger and younger people are getting osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, I I heard today, which is terrible. And so your story and having it shared is so, I hope that people listen and think, wow, this aunt has it. And even though they ignore us, it's like erosion. After a while, they start to change. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So at least people who are listening, they hear your story and they say, well, I might tell that friend of mine whose friend or whose sister has arthritis and maybe they'll say, oh, well, I'm not going to do anything like your friend. I'm not going to change my diet. It's too hard or that nurse or whatever. Lots of people do eventually, you know, it's not, they ignore us for a while and then they think, well, this pain is, they get to a level where the pain isn't worth the chocolate. And for me, and for you, the pain's not worth it. No. But as I think the, the biggest um, advice I would give to people is to try it for one month. Don't do it for life if it scares you, but just do it for 30 days and reassess the situation. Excellent tip. I was going to ask you three top tips for people's con- people considering this lifestyle. So that would be 30 days? Try ah, it for 30 days? Three top tips. Um Stop the crap. <laughs> Just don't eat any processed. Don't eat any processed food for one month. No processed food whatsoever for one month. No oil at all. Ditch the oil for one month. And oil is a processed food. Highly processed food, people. I think people think processed food that has to be in a packet. But white rice is a process. I mean, white rice is a processed food. White flour is a processed food. Oil is a processed food. Olive oil is a processed food. Coconut oil is a processed food. So even if you're making it at home with those ingredients, they're still processed foods. So just not that white rice is the enemy, but I mean they're still processed. So if you have no, none for thirty days. Just see what the change is like in your health. It's amazing. A processed food is basically a food where something has been taken away from it. So the in the case of the wheat, you know, they've ground the flour, but they've only left the, the white bit and they've removed all the fiber and the good stuff. So they've separated, they've removed something from the food. So, you know, sometimes people say, well, if you if you do a juice, then that's, processed vegetables and I don't quite agree I think a juice you know into in your magic bullet if you make a, a smoothie a green a green juice you've you've mushed it all up but it's still all there you know it's not you're not extracting only a part of it and removing something a smoothie yes you're keeping everything in a smoothie um, a juice is different because yeah. you are removing the fiber part a of juice, the fruit you do remove the fiber yeah yeah, I, I don't know. I think that I'm because lots of people like um, Jeanette Murray Wakelin and the Gawler, Dr. Ian Gawler, 
there's lots of people who have juices when they have healing from cancer. The Gerson therapy has juices when they're healing from cancer and getting that, like, uh, it's like a hit of nutrients, like a jam, like a, just a hit that's not filling you up. You can just slam as much nutri- nutri- nutrients as possible into you. Flood your body with nutrients. I think that that has a place when you're, like, I think even at the um, True North Clinic, they do a juice fasting program for healing of chronic disease as well. And I, I think that there's a place for it. But I think obviously whole food, plant-based is like the maintenance awesomeness if you're feeling good. Yeah, so we, we've got a juicer and a magic bullet here and we sometimes use the juicer because my, my daughter loves fresh juice and we'll just put carrot and apple and celery and all sorts of things and make them weird colours sometimes. And, and I'll have some of that because we just made it. And yes, we've removed some of the fiber, but it's still pretty amazing. Yeah. But I yes. won't have it daily and I won't have juice from the supermarket, you know, like those orange juices they're delicious we have them here but i don't drink them they're just for my husband he loves them (laughs) so i think it's yeah and you know from time to time i will make um white rice because we ran out of brown rice i'll make a white rice and it's it's okay i'll survive the the few times that i make a white rice well i think most of asia eats white rice and they're all still fine and and i think okay, that dr yes. mcdougall and all those people say you know if it's if it's white rice or bread choose the white rice <laughs> yes. exactly yes yes yeah i agree and i like my, my kids prefer white rice even though there's barely any difference but they still prefer it so sometimes my husband my husband treats them with white rice especially if we're in a short time period and we'd want to don't want to cook white brown rice takes a little bit longer when cooking on the stove much longer to cook the brown rice and look i think my my third advice would be to ditch sugar refined sugar for one month and to ditch refined sugar means you can't have a lot of bought food because there's refined sugar in so many things you buy so if you just don't have white sugar, like refined sugar in your diet for months, you'll automatically start eating whole foods. So you might have a bit of maple syrup or date paste, you know, cook dates and make date syrup. That's delicious. It's sweet and amazing. So it all takes time, a little bit of time, a little bit of preparing, but you can be smart. And when I make date syrup, I make a whole and I freeze what so it will stay there in the freezer for a long time. Yes, I I I love I love all of that. I, I think it's great. I think they're great tips because stopping the crap and ditching refined sugar, it's such a it's it's such a People don't realize that it's in so many things like canned tomatoes, you know, not so much in Australia, but it's in so many things like pasta sauces. It's in so many different foods that we just take for granted as being healthy and and doing it for 30 days. So 30 days, cut the crap, no processed foods for one month and ditch the refined sugar for one month. I think that they're great tips because 30 days is doable, which is what I like about it. For most people, it's doable. And then you're not thinking, because the thing is, once you start, you don't want to stop after the 30 month, thirty days, but you have to just think of it like a short-term thing to get the mindset okay, in the right spot. To, 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 yes. 
<laughs> to not think you're missing out on everything for the rest of your life. Just think 30 days is doable. Make it a challenge. Get your friends involved. Make a little Facebook group. And just try it for 30 days. I think that's so doable. And then see. See what happens. Write down your little notes and see who loses the most weight or feels the best and have a big celebration, whole food, plant-based, low, no oil meal to celebrate when it's over. I know that would be amazing. And also, you know, there are quite a few Facebook groups which are really, really good. There's whole food, plant-based Aussies. Exactly. There's, and you can find recipes and you find motivation. I think they're great, great help for people to 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 get used to the idea. And for other people like like me who just love being, you know, having those ideas reinforced. Just notice that I'm not the only one. There are other people like me there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think that's great. I love whole food plant-based Aussies. I actually have a little Facebook group called WFPB, <laughs> Group for Optimal Health, Weight Loss and Conscious Living, which you can join on Facebook. Which you can join on Facebook. Can you send me the I'll link? I'll send you the link. So that was, sorry, Whole Food Plant-Based Group for Optimal Health, Weight Loss and Conscious Living. So that is WFPB, though, such to shorten it because the name was too long. <laughs> okay. I'll look for that. I'll send you the link. Don't worry. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Pascal. I loved hearing your story. It's just nice chatting with you anyway because we obviously have things in common, many things about food. <laughs> many things in and common. And health. We'll have to have a lunch date now that you're – I know that you're in Melbourne and we can have a lunch date at yes. Neve, Nevedea. Is that how you pronounce it? Nevedea? Nevedea. Nevedia. Nevedia. It's a local cafe in Upway here in the Dandenong Ranges. So I'm very excited to go do a, have a whole food, no oil meal. If you said that they might yeah, let me. Well, I'll just contact them beforehand and say two oil-free ladies are coming. So please prepare some, some special oil-free food for us. They will accommodate. They will. They will. Thank you again. And Ah, I've been, it's been such a joy to talk to you and I hope everyone listening who has someone in their life with rheumatoid arthritis spreads the word, shares this podcast episode, just nags them on social media until they slowly change their ways. <laughs> exactly. Look, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure talking to you and sharing my – I'm always happy to talk about my story because I'm actually so excited about my story. And um, I want other people to actually feel those same benefits like I did because, yeah, I just think it's amazing. Even my husband, who's a doctor, he goes, I didn't expect at all that I would be off medicines so quickly. So, yeah, it's great. It's exciting. It's positive. It's exciting. I don't know what other word I can use, but it's very, very exciting what you can do with just changing a few things in your in your diet it's so exciting i i <laughs> i'm so excited by it. every every single person i speak to for this show it just fills my heart with happiness because this is amazing it's amazing it is amazing yeah and since i've been uh, going to the gym and I, I met two personal trainers who are vegan whole food plant-based vegan i have to go to your gym where is it one of them's a bodybuilder. Oh Sorry, I have to go to your gym. Where is it? It's the Good Life Gym in Johnson Street ah. in Fitzroy. So there's one young young trainer, and he's actually a vegan, and he 
he's Chinese, so his parents are always telling him he should eat more meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's really, and it's amazing when you meet people like this and you go, what? You don't eat meat? What? Yay! Just amazing. More and more bodybuilders. I can't wait for the Game Changers documentary to come out. It's got lots and lots of amazing vegan athletes. Yes, it's going to be incredible. So keep your eyes out, everyone who's listening. The Game Changers doc- documentary. It's going to be so great if all of your husbands are not wanting to go vegan and partners are not wanting to go vegan and brothers and hus- dads because they think that they're going to be weak, sick, thin, emaciated, effeminate men <laughs> after they go vegan these men are all huge muscly amazing people so this documentary is for people like my dad and people that i know who think that they can't possibly miss out on steak and still be a man you can still be a man and not eat meat <laughs> yeah it's so true uh, thank you again i have to say goodbye bye <laughs> okay thank you corinne bye Thank you so much, Pascal, for coming on the show. Thank you all for listening. I'm so grateful to have you all here. And I hope that if you haven't yet subscribed, that you will subscribe because every week on a Monday or Tuesday, I put out new episodes of this podcast. And I am hoping that eventually it'll take over the whole wide world and everyone will be super healthy in ripped, excellent, fit, strong, vibrant bodies, feeling as great as myself and the guests on this show do. So if you know anyone in your family or friends who are just chronically diseased, always talking about the next ailment that they've got going on, which we all have those people in our lives, sometimes we've been that person in our lives, (laughs) you know, just share it with them. Just share it with them and just say, look, I know that you like eating the way you're eating, but this way of eating will make you feel amazing (laughs) and see if they want to give it a try. I would be so grateful if you could share it because that's the point of this podcast is to show people that there is another way, another amazing, helpful, healthy way that you can live and feel so, so, so good. Yes. Okay. That's it. Thank you so much, Pascal. Thank you all. And... I will see you next week. Bye.